So let's get into some word today. If you have a Bible, go ahead and get that out and get ready with me by turning to 1 Samuel chapter 2. Our series for the last month has been this one called Honor Do. There, there are some things that, that we can learn and then implement in regards to a life of honor. This is uh, uh, often unknown in various cultures like ours, okay? Some countries have this more ingrained into the people's upbringing. Ours doesn't. But even some parts of our country, I think, have it better than others, and ours is not better. <laughs> Meaning, what I mean by that is I think people from who grew up in the South get more of this training uh, by culture, whereas other parts of our country, people are more oblivious to it. And, but we can come up, we can, we can up our game, can't we? Learn these matters. So it's so important, it, it really makes a difference. 1 Samuel 2.30, therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever, but now the Lord says, far be it from me, for those who honor me, I will honor and those who despise me will be or shall be lightly esteemed. So we can see that the will of God is not going to be perfectly or, or completely done in someone's life if they are dishonorable. If they dishonor him, they don't get his best in this life, right? And so if you want God's best, if you're praying, Lord, your will be done, this is one of the avenues that gets you there is you live honorably. You live and honor God in how you conduct yourself, okay? And again, just to draw your attention to this, the contrast to honor is lightly esteemed. So dishonor means lightly esteemed. Dishonor means I don't give it any weight. It's not huge. It's not important to me, all right? Honor means this is holy. This is a big deal, man. This is God. Wow, this is, this is a major event, all right, the, the, the NCV reads, but I will dishonor those who ignore me. So, so we could say one way to dishonor God is to ignore him. He speaks and we turn the other way. He moves on us, we turn up the radio, right? He, he moves and we're busy, that kind of thing. So we ignore him, that's dishonorable. The, the GW translation reads, those who despise me will be considered insignificant. So, so the, the consequences of a dishonorable life make it worthy to learn this, right? To find out what it really means to live a life of honor. Uh, Romans 13, 7, it, it's, it's written this way. Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. So honor is a matter of something that is owed, it's due. Again, if I owe a bill, I need to know about it or I'm going to be in the rears, right? I'm going to be behind. I'm going to be late. I'm going to be in debt. Well, what if I'm behind in honor? I need to learn this so I know who to pay. I want to learn this so I know how to be honorable and not get behind in, in this manner. Now, if you were with us previously, like I said, we, we were teaching last week in particular about, about David, David, the second king of Israel, and for the most part, his life was an honorable life. He had some blips along the road like most people, but uh, he lived an honorable life. And one of the ways that was shown is how he treated Saul. Saul was the present king uh, of Israel, the first king of Israel who had become 
you know, rebellious and, and hard-hearted and, and, and he was not following the ways of the Lord, but yet he still occupied the place of the throne because of God's choice. And David honored that. He, he didn't say, Saul's doing it all right. No, but because God had placed him in that position, he showed Saul honor when most people would never have done that. Okay, he went above and beyond because he was really honoring God by honoring Saul. Okay, now uh, uh, we might compare that to, to this. If I were to uh, ask one of my associate pastors today to speak in my stead, and I said, well, I'm gonna ha have you speak. Well, if the church as a whole received that and and, and showed respect to that, that would be received by me as being honored by you. But if someone came in, they said, oh, Pastor Doug's preaching today. Uh, you know, I've got errands to run. Not that they would ever do that, but, but if someone would, how would that be viewed by me? I would say, you just dishonored me. Said, no, I didn't dishonor you. I just dishonored Pastor Doug. <laughs> no, that's not the way the kingdom works. It's not the way God sees things. That's not the way I would take, I would take that personally. I would say, what, you don't even trust me to have, you know, I have someone else. I mean, it's a big deal to me to have someone else speak and you don't trust that. that I would feel dishonored. Okay. See, this is how the kingdom of God works. And that's why David's behavior towards Saul, even though Saul was goofing up, uh, David's behavior was honoring God. And then the Lord honored him. And the Lord demoted Saul and promoted David. Right? And so uh, another form that dishonor can take has to do with um, mocking. This is more direct. This is more of a, a, a frontal assault. Assault. But sometimes, did I say that right? Okay, thanks. Uh, he said it was good. Uh, but it's a, a direct assault. It's when someone mocks openly another person. All right? We, we see this in Scripture, and if you would, uh, turn to the Kings, 2 Kings chapter 2. Uh, what we find is that those who have no regard for holy things will frequently be prone to this type of behavior, okay? Now, everybody listen, listen to me now. I'm talking about people who make no dis distinguishing, um, uh, have no, they don't distinguish between holy and common. Holy, or you could say unholy. Everything's just fair game to mock, to make fun of, and nothing in their mind is really off limits. Everybody with me? Okay. And, 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 and so if that is the case, if you see everything is equal, everything is the same, all people are the same, uh, everything, it doesn't matter, they treat church like they would go, go to the Y, or, you know, or just some other, they're going to the park, I'm going to the park, oh, I'm going to church, I'm going, you know, I'm praying, oh, I'm watching TV, and it's all, everything's just kind of mixed in the same, they have, they have no honor in their life. 
they are prone to say things and do things that are an attack against holy matters. And that's problematic, and I want to show you how this, how this works. Um, in 2 Kings, and you could put this under the title if you're taking notes, How to, how to uh, Survive a Bear Attack. Okay? 2 Kings chapter 2, in the, the ministry of Elisha the prophet. Remember, Elisha followed Elijah. And uh, it, it says in verse 23, Then he went up from there to Bethel, and as he was going up the road, some youths came from the city and mocked him and said to him, Go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. So he turned around and looked at them and pronounced a curse on them in the name of the Lord. And two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the youths. All right, so now you see how you can, if you don't want to get mauled, recommended behavior here. Uh, let me walk through this a little bit slower. Uh, first of all, the word translated youths here, some translations even say children, but the same Hebrew word is used of um, Joseph, and he was 39, okay? So... Very likely these people could have been younger than 39, but we're not talking about children here. We're not talking about five and six-year-olds, you know, doing this. In other words, we're talking about people who are old enough, they're responsible for their behavior, okay? And then, uh, and then also, this probably wasn't the first time they ever did this, okay? Typically, you'll see in Scripture, especially when you read in the Old Testament and you see uh, judgment falling on people, and you think, oh, man, that's harsh. Oh, that's, that's too much. I don't know why that happened that way. What we're seeing is a blip of their life. We're often not seeing that God had shown them mercy in giving them time after time after time to do things right, meaning over many years. And then we see the end, and sometimes, you know, people actually take the side of the mocker over God. Think, oh, God's too harsh. No, always stay on the Lord's side because he's always right. If you ever don't understand something, say, start off with, Lord, you are righteous. And I lack understanding. Teach me. Instead of blaming him and then saying, mm, I don't understand why you would do such a thing. And, and well, God, you could have healed them and you didn't. And you could have protected them and you didn't. And we don't want to go down there because we'll stay in the dark if we take that approach with the Lord. Okay. Remember honor? That's not honorable to blame. Blaming God. No, we're not going to blame him. We're going to say, Lord, you are righteous and teach me because I don't see it all and I don't know it. All right. Uh, nevertheless, uh, what, what we see here, they were probably mocking for a long time, living dishonorably. We see the outcome. But here's their, their mockery. This is interesting as well. They said, go up. Go up, you bald head. All right, what do, you mean, what do you mean go up? Now remember, Elisha was the uh, protege of Elijah, right? Elijah, his ministry ended when he did what? He went up, all right? He was one of the two in the Old Testament being uh, Enoch and Elijah who didn't physically die. 
and he went up in the chariot, and then the mantle fell on Elisha, and he took over the ministry. And, but Elijah was taken up or raptured, or he was caught up. And what are these guys doing? They're mocking that. They don't believe it's true. They're, they don't believe, they have no regard for the, for the Lord, for his word, for his ministers, for these prophets. And they're mocking, yeah, Elijah went up with, you know, he just went up into the air. And they're mocking that and they're saying, Elisha, why don't you do that too? Why don't you just go up, you baldy, right? <laughs> and, 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 and bald head, you know, that could be referencing like a, a covering, you know, because Elijah was the covering and you no longer have that person in your life. It could have been figurative in that regard if it was just literally making fun of a hairless head. Either way, it's not honorable. Either way, it's not okay. It's not acceptable. And they, they were mocking Elisha, okay? And so what did Elisha do? Now think, think about it in the context of what we're teaching. Elisha basically made light of these young men. Now, it says he cursed them. What, what do you mean? Well, he made them insignificant. They're, they're mocking ways and how they dishonor the things of God and they dishonored him. And the judgment was they became insignificant and unimportant. That's what makes you vulnerable to a bear attack. In other words, you don't have the protection of God. You don't, you don't have the value any longer to avoid that. And so they became vulnerable to that attack. Contrast this with someone else who dealt with a bear. All right. Anybody, can you think of any other Bible character who dealt with a bear? Yeah, the one we're, we're highlighting in, in the series on a few occasions is David. And David, when he was about to go before Goliath and fight and, and take out Goliath, he recounted his story dealing with wild animals. And in 1 Samuel 17, 34, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its Mouth And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Okay, think of the different bear problems. <laughs> I barely even saw that before. <laughs> uh, uh, David, walking in covenant with God and being an honorable person, he did what you might think is humanly impossible. Because a bear and a lion, these creatures are more powerful than us physically, and he was able to take out those creatures, right? That's, that's the honor of God on him, all right? He was, he was honored, whereas these other guys, it, went, it was, it was the, the other way around, okay? Moral of these stories, don't mock God or his ministers or speak arrogantly about things of which you do not know. This is real prominent in our culture today. I think more and more people uh, are dishonoring the Lord in this way. They're free to speak out and to criticize and judge like nobody's business. Everyone feels free just to mock. And some of that has to do with the internet and being able to hide behind a screen where 
maybe they wouldn't look someone in the eye and say these things, but they'll do it behind the screen. But that's still a problem, don't you think? But in our day, I think people are more free than ever to just, uh, to just be mockers, okay? I know uh, because I've seen a few things recently, uh, our social media team puts out these clips. Uh, you've probably seen some of them if you're in that world. Uh, some clips from our services. And uh, sometimes they go crazy. Like one, re- there's a current one out there. Last time I looked, it has 1.3 million views. And it's on Instagram. And so when you have that, it's great. We love it. You get the word out. And, and it's just a little tiny clip. But uh, you get tons of people saying, this is great. This is amazing. This is awesome. And you get the other people. Right? And people are free just to, and it's a, you know, it's one thing for people to have a comment or an opinion, but people become mockers, and they're just evil, and they're very judgy, and they question motives and everything else, and I think, ah, you're not doing yourself any favors. It's, it's not about hurting someone else. It's about you are setting yourself up as a dishonorable person, and the examples in Scripture that we see tell me you don't want to follow that. You don't want to be that person. You know, uh, I taught a series a while back called Believe, uh, Believe His Prophets. And uh, that's on our website. You could listen to it. But it was based on 2 Chronicles 2020, which reads, uh, Believe the Lord God, the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe His prophets, and you shall prosper. Isn't that interesting that the Lord, that, that the Lord put in His prophets and not just Himself? Not just faith in God, but faith in what comes out of the mouth of his prophets. Everybody see that? You see, this is how honor works. Okay? So, so I, I, I believe God, but I don't have to believe any person because they're flawed. Yeah, they are flawed, and it's still God's choice to use them. Yeah, then they might not say everything 100% accurate, perfect at all times, but they'll still be carrying the word of the Lord. And he said, your prosperity is tied to you believing them. Everybody okay? So this is what you can see how it makes it dangerous for us to make light of the things that God is doing, including his ministers. And when people get in, when they become dishonorable, they have no qualms about mocking, speaking against, becoming critical and judgy and and all this stuff. And, And they do this thinking, that's fine. I mean, we're in America. We have free speech. Or we used to, right? Some of us still believe in it. But how many know just because we, we, just because we have, we're supposed to have, free speech doesn't mean you should say everything you think. <laughs> doesn't mean I should say, have you ever had a, a thought that went through your mind and you thought later, it's a good thing I didn't say that. Yeah. You ever had a thought cross through your mind and it slipped out your mouth and later you said, I wish I didn't say that. <laughs> you didn't say, well, free speech, I can say whatever I want. Hey, you can also do a lot of damage that way. Right? We have to have some filters. One of those is called the honor filter. Does this dishonor? Does it honor? Does it lift up? Does it tear down? And uh, in a culture of dishonor where people feel free to, free to criticize anyone they disagree with, um, this, this mocking is actually very commonplace. And it's really more disheartening, understand, in the world, but it's even more disheartening when it comes from Christians. Because these are the people that are supposed to be the most honoring. Whenever we make light of someone, 
we can be assured that whatever gift of God is in them won't work for us. If I dishonor you, your gifts won't work towards me. They won't benefit me. The spark of life, the spark of God, the grace of God in your life is I'm not going to be able to partake of it. Here's one of the other dangers. When I dishonor someone, that gift, if, if I do it openly towards others, that gift may be hindered from working in other people because they heard what I said. They saw the way I viewed them. And now they have turned themselves aside. They've turned themselves away from hearing that voice. You wonder if the worst case scenario, some people don't make heaven because they wouldn't hear the voice that God chose to use because someone else said something negative about them. And it dishonored the process. It dishonored the way that the Lord wanted to work in people's lives. Amen. Now, if you would, go over to, I want to give you another example, one more example today, um, to First Chronicles chapter 13. So that's right next door to the Kings, as you can see there. First Chronicles chapter 13. And this is a, a story about the Ark of God or the Ark of the Covenant. So a little background, just to bring everyone up to speed. Um, before the cross, before Jesus came, under the Old Testament law, uh, God had established, you know, His temple, the Holy of Holies. Uh, before that, it was like a mobile home. You know, they would travel. But He created the Ark of the Covenant, and it was very precise how it was to be made. And, uh, and, and in short, the presence of God was in the Ark of the Covenant. Okay? Raiders of the Lost Ark is not a perfect rendition of this. <laughs> but there's some elements of truth where they got that. Okay, you know, when people looked in it at the end and they all got toast, that's scriptural. <laughs> it is. Well, it probably didn't happen exactly like that, but it did happen. And, uh, and more people than they had in the movie, if you read the scriptures. Nevertheless, the presence of God was in the Ark of the Covenant. He didn't indwell or abide on all of his, his people. When people wanted to hear from God, they sought out the prophet. And they would go worship and make sacrifices. It was different. When Jesus came, was raised from the dead, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. All people can have the indwelling presence of God today. Uh, and so things are better, far better. It's a better covenant, better promises. Uh, but in their day, the, the ark of God, just think, that's the manifest presence of God. And so in, in 1 Chronicles 13 and verse 7, it reads, So they carried the ark of God on a new cart. Well, that seems honorable. At least they didn't make the Lord drive a used car. <laughs> seems honorable is the key word here. Uh, on a new cart from the house of Abinadab and Uzzah and Ohio drove the cart. And, uh, then David and all of Israel played music before God with all their might, with singing, on harps, on stringed instruments, on tambourines, on cymbals, and with trumpets. And when they came into Chidon's threshing floor, Uzzah put his hand out to hold the ark, for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and he struck him because he put his hand to the ark. He died there before God, and David became angry 
Because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah, therefore, that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. David was afraid of God that day, saying, how can I bring the ark of God to me? Again, one of these stories where someone might be tempted to be a little bit annoyed with God because it seems harsh as to what happened to Uzzah here. But back up, okay? Again, the Lord gave them, and this is a part, this is a part of a, an honorable life. The Lord gave them specific instructions regarding what he said was holy, okay? And in uh, Numbers chapter 4, he specifically told them, told Moses, he said, if people touch holy things, they're going to die. He said, don't touch holy things lest you die, all right? And so there were specific instruction regarding certain things, not however they handled their own tent, their own house, their own clothes, their own possessions. No, but only certain things. And when it came to things like the Ark of God, the Ark of the Covenant, this Ark, there was instructions that were very precise. And how many know, if, if this is true for us, if anyone wants to worship God, wants to come before the Lord, we must value what He says about how we do it. As, you can take this back to, you know, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. If someone blows that off, how many know they don't get to the Father? Well, I'm just going to come my own way. I'm just going to come, you know, the way I was taught growing up or the way I... No, you don't get to the... You have to honor His Word. When we worship Him, when we gather together, there should be a focus in our hearts, not on our preference or this the way that we want to do church or worship or give or, or minister to each other. We should always be asking, what's the Lord's will concerning this? How did He prescribe that we behave when we gather? That's honoring. That's God honoring instead of self-honoring. A whole lot of Christians... In America, they do church on their own terms. It's all about me. It's all about the way I want to do it. And I tell you, you just, it just lacks honor for God. Hallelujah. Anyway, uh, the Lord told them not to do this. Now, Uzzah died in part because of David. Do you know why? Because part of the instructions was on how to handle the Ark of the Covenant and it wasn't put it on a nice cart. It was these priests had to carry it on their shoulders. It had those rings through the side and they had those poles and they would carry it. And Lord said, this is the way I want this thing transported. Now someone could say, well, that's not convenient. That's tiresome. It would be much better on a new cart. That's how a dishonorable person thinks. They decide to do things their own way. They improve on God's methods all the time. Well, this is the way I would do it. I mean... They didn't even have the internet. How do they know? I, I Googled how to move an ark, and it said get a new cart. And uh, that's what Uzzah did. In, in a sense, you know, in, in, in other words, ignoring God's word dishonors him. Right? It'd be like if someone came to you and said, hey, I'd, I'd like to help you out with your house. I want to paint 
a room for you. I could come over there and bring the equipment, bring the paint, and paint the room for you. And you, and you, you know, gave some instructions to them, said, thank you, that'd be, what a blessing that would be. Here's some instructions and so forth. And, and then you came home at the end of the day and went into your room and you had asked them to paint it one color and they decided to paint it something different. They decided you wanted gray and you came in there and it was pink. And they said to you, well, you know, I was just looking at colors and I just thought this would be better. Did they honor you? No, they honored themselves. They did their own thing, but it was supposedly for you, but were you blessed by it? No, you're not blessed by it. They, they dishonored you. They disrespected you by doing your own thing in there. If they're doing it for you, it should be done according to your liking, your choosing. Yeah. This is likewise the way we are to approach God not only for salvation, but in our daily life and how we relate to Him, how we worship Him when we gather. We're, we're seeking His preference. His, it's His prerogative, and, and so we yield ourselves to Him. All right. Now with Uzzah, go back to the beginning of our message in that scripture, we could say he was lightly esteemed. All right. His, he became insignificant. Why? You're not doing holy things in a holy manner, you're discarded. So that seems harsh. This is, listen, even though we're in a new covenant and we're under the mercy and grace of God and Jesus' blood was shed for us and we're thankful that we're not seeing judgment just fall so quick like that uh, on people, the, the principles are still true. The things of God must remain holy to us. And you can see that in how people uh, conduct themselves. And, and, and if we just, you know, we could take church as an example, but how they approach church services. With some, this is like holy, this is a big deal, wow. And others, it's, it's like going to the park. Show up whenever you want. They give no second thought to what they wear. Hallelujah. <laughs> whether they participate in the worship, whether they just watch. Say so you're getting legalistic. I'm not. I'm not getting legalistic. I'm just saying it's, the, it's driven from an inward motive of what do I think honors God. What, it might be different in some of those things for different people. I'm just saying when, when we have this, it's like this is your holy thing. How do you want me to handle this? How do you want me to do this? You're thinking about it the night before. You're thinking about it and getting ready and getting things prepared. Why? We have an opportunity to meet with God. This is, this is His idea. It is. And it's holy to the Lord. Uzzah was lightly esteemed. There's something, there's something that seems to stand out to me. And I'll just offer this as not a hard theological point. But it, it seems that when people get closer to the manifest presence of God, it becomes more important to be honorable. And, and I, I, think about, I think about kings of old, and we don't know kingdoms like some countries do. And when there were kings, you can read about Esther and other people in the Bible. But when, when someone would come before a king, there was a lot of protocol and rules to follow. You didn't just stroll in there and say, yo, king, what's up, dog? <laughs> right? You know, give me some skin or whatever people say. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a casual affair. There was high regard 
for that position, for that, for that, the throne. It, it was and, and great protocol. This is how you do it, and this is what you say, this is what you don't say, this is how you're, you're supposed to approach. And because it was considered holy and a big deal, people would honor that. If they didn't, sometimes it really cost them. Yeah. So it's like the closer you get, now you can your home, you can sit in your living room and say all kinds of things and no one would ever know. You know, naturally speaking. But when you get up close to the throne, no, you better watch yourself and do things in a respectful way. Okay? And I think about these examples, these youths, as it said. Do I think they were probably all day long before that saying mocking things? I speculate and say they probably did that regularly. Mocked Elijah, talked about Elisha. They probably said all these things and they lived. Seemed to be no consequence. Didn't affect them. They just make light of all holy, holy things. But then they got up in the, and they're close to the man of God. The prophet was there. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him. And in that place they did it and it cost them. Uzzah, had Uzzah ever disregarded the word of the Lord in any area of his life? Well, knowing all human beings, I would say yes. You know, David had made, made mistakes. Uh, these people had done dishonorable things and lived. But now, the very presence, the manifest presence of God is being moved on this cart in an unholy manner, and he touches it, and, and it gets him. And you come on over into the New Testament. You read Acts chapter 5, and the early church was, was having service. God was moving. Presence of God was in manifestation. Great things. Ananias and Sapphira come rolling in there and start lying to the Holy Spirit, pumping themselves up about their offering, right? And in that place, nope. Do I think Ananias and Sapphira ever lied before? All likelihood they had. I mean, if they'll lie there, they're probably lying about other stuff. They did it before and lived. And now they got close to the glory of God and it cost them. And so you think about those of us who say, I want to be close to the glory of God. I want to experience all of his glory. Do you? <laughs> now, it's almost, you know, funny, but we pray for it. We seek it. And then the question is, do we know how to act? Do we know how to conduct ourselves in honorable ways? Huh? It makes you wonder is sometimes what we really think we desire is the Lord holding back in a measure because our manner or lack of honor is going to cost us if he just shows up in all of his splendor. Maybe the Lord says, yeah, I want to give you everything. Just pour out my glory upon you. But too many of you would die. Something to think about. I think it's, uh, it would be good for us not only to desire the glory of the Lord and the honor of God, but desire to live honorably, to treat the holy things of God as holy. And when it comes to the moving of the Spirit, that's a big deal to us. It's holy. When it comes to, uh, you know, how do you treat church in a holy manner? Well, I think uh, there's times when it's right to be quiet and put the phone away and, and say this is a holy moment. There's a holy time. It's a time to be still, quiet. There's a time 
where stillness is totally inappropriate, right? Because it's, it's, it's time to participate. This might sound different, but I think sometimes when, when, when the Lord is moving and it's a time of rejoicing and people standing there like this, I don't think that's honorable. <clears throat> moving on. <laughs> but we never make light of the, of the move of, of God. We never want to make light of people being saved. You know, when heaven is rejoicing, when heaven, when there's a party in heaven over one sinner that repents, and we go, oh, we see that all the time. I'm thinking, ah, I don't know, this should be weightier to us. It should be a bigger deal. It is in heaven. I want to participate on God's terms, not my often watered down level of, of honor. Amen. Praise God.